0: This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. Hello guys, welcome to the Eat Like Ruby podcast. This is the first podcast I'm recording in 2024. So I know this is probably the third one to come out, but um, like I mentioned on those, we did a bit of pre-recording in the lead up to the holiday season. So this is the first time I'm back in studio for 2024. And honestly, I'm just excited. Like I'm actually just excited. I'm low-key thriving in 2024 already. It is the ninth. Of January. but Maybe it's the 10th. I don't even know what date it is. But <laughs> I am just loving 2024. My own personal nutrition and training is just in a fantastic position. I just feel like I have really found a sweet spot with that right now and I'm loving it. If you follow on Instagram, you're probably seeing little snippets of that. If you don't, it's eat underscore like underscore Ruby. Um, I'm actually going to do an episode, I think probably in the next two to four weeks, give or take, just about my own personal nutrition and training, where it's at, where it's going, what are my goals, 2024, the plans, all of the things. I think it's really cool to just kind of talk about that. Obviously, we come here and we talk a lot. I say we, but it's mostly me. Come here and talk a lot about advice and plans and things I would advise for other people. But I think it can be cool to just kind of talk about my own stuff and just explain it a little bit more, why I do certain things, why I'm doing them at certain times and whatever. So that episode is definitely going to come. I think I'm going to bring Shaq in. Side note, my husband, Coach Shaq. Coming into the studio, guys, I have a husband now, not a big deal or anything, but I am actually sitting here in a shirt that says Mrs. Coach Shaq. (laughs) So we did have our wedding probably four weeks ago. Now it was the weekend before Christmas. It was awesome. I won't talk too much about it now. Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more when Shaq's here, but honestly, we just had The best day, the best weekend, the best people, the best food. Like it was just so chill, but great. I loved every second of it. So I'm going to get Shaq in in the next couple of weeks to, we'll talk a little bit about the wedding, just a recap, then talk about my nutrition training. But I also want to talk about his because most of you guys have probably seen either on my Instagram or his, but he is currently training for the Malula Bar Triathlon, which is in about two months. It's early March. And I just think it's really cool to kind of break down what he's doing with his training and his nutrition and all the things you want to think about going into a big event like that. I actually have lots of opinions, believe it or not, (laughs) and thoughts and things to say on that. So I thought it'd be so cool to get him in and kind of, let's just make an example of him. Not really, but talk about what he's doing with his training, like the reality of what he's actually doing, and then what it looks like to support that with nutrition and all the things we want to be thinking about there. I think that could be a really informative episode. That's just a little sneak peek of what is to come in the next few weeks. But given that this is the first episode I'm recording, for 2024, and it's going to come out early Jan, I thought it would be so cool to do a little bit of a, I'm going to call it maybe a summary, a bit of like a who, what, why of Eat Like Ruby, I guess. And Initially, I was just going to do an episode on flexible dieting. I was like, let's just talk about flexible dieting. We'll explain it, all of the things. But when I really started to kind of make the notes and think about what I was going to talk about, that in itself was going to be quite short. And then I'm like, I can just see myself spiraling into the same shit I talk about every week. (laughs) And I didn't want it to just be a big kind of rambly episode where you're like, I've heard her say all this stuff before. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to bring it back to, like I said, the who, what, why of Eat Like Ruby. Like, what we do, why we do it, what we look at, what we don't look at, why we look at those things and incorporate the flexible dieting conversation into that because obviously we follow a flexible dieting approach in Eat Like Ruby and I thought it'd be cool to just explain that but then explain a little bit more of how I got there, why I got there and everything. All right guys, so where I'm going to start today is I want to talk about the values and the mission Statement or the mission, whatever we want to call it, of Eat Like Ruby. And the reason for this is because this is like so insanely important to me. And it is literally the values and the mission, not only of Eat Like Ruby, but pretty much of my whole life. Like there's a massive crossover of the way I run things in the Eat Like Ruby company, but then just the way I live my own life and the things I value in my own life. And I just thought it'd be really cool to bring that forward and just explain what they are and why they are and why I'm honestly so passionate about this stuff. So the Eat Like values, it's a bit of a list and I've honestly <laughs> tried, I've looked at this list, I look at it all the time. I look at it to just hone in on it, refine it, whatever. But anytime I look at it, I think I need to cull this a little bit, but I honestly just can't every single one of these words and these values I look at, and I'm like, they all need to stay. None of these are going. So the Eat Like Ruby values are, believe it or not, number one, education. (laughs) We've all heard it before. Education, clarity, structure, directness, simplicity, empowerment, optimism, enjoyment, growth, and progression. And I just think, like I said, those are honestly so important to me in my own personal life, but so important to me in eat like ruby if we think about those first few of education clarity structure you guys know i am the biggest fan of education around nutrition and training and really what that is is it's so important for me for people that come into eat like ruby to understand what they're doing and why and these values is a little bit of a side note 2024, the side note's back. She's going to be side noting all year. But as a little bit of a side note, this is something I really honed in on last year when I was just like, what is it that I do? What is it that I don't do? What do I love? What do I not love so much? Like, What do I really want to do? And this is really what landed me in these values and this mission. And I just always want to the girls, like I said, in Eat Like Ruby to understand what they're doing. And I've had a fair few people reach out and join Eat Like Ruby and say, you know, I've had other coaches and it's been great, but I don't really understand what I'm doing. I don't understand how to change it or how to pivot or whatever. And this is absolutely no shade to other coaches because I think I think it's so important for coaches to think about their own personal values and their mission and again, what they want to do and what they don't want to do. Because even though nutrition and training is sort of this one thing. It's just like, oh, we're all nutrition and training coaches. I think there's so many different types of coaches. We can coach on so many aspects of nutrition and training, but we can also coach in different ways. And on that note, I see myself as a lot more of an educator than a coach. I personally think that coaching role is a lot of like, do this and then do this and then do this and then do this. And that can be perfect. Some people need that. Some people are really good at doing that. That's a great fit for some people. But for me, that education and clarity and structure piece really comes from wanting to educate people and get them to understand, like, well, you could do this and this will happen. Equally, you could do this and this will happen. If we do that, that's going to happen. If we want this, the most optimal thing to do is that. Really provide that real education and understanding for someone to then make the choice themselves as opposed to a coach saying, now do this, now do that. And there's absolutely room for both. Like I said, I'm not throwing any shade, but for me personally, I absolutely love speaking and teaching on nutrition. And if we think about the episode I did with one of the Eat Like Ruby girls, Kirsten, a few weeks ago, she said that anytime someone asks a question, I always respond with, that's a great question. And then like a 20 minute answer. And that is honestly so true because anytime someone does ask a question and eat like Ruby, my mind is like, my God, that is a great question. And if you understand what is happening in that scenario that you've asked about, you're going to be educated, empowered, all of the things I just rattled off to make a decision yourself, not only now, but moving forward and at other times in your life. And that is so important to me. So that is why I really love that education thing so much. I know I harp on about it, but that's really what I want to offer people. And then even if we think about those next few values of directness, simplicity, and empowerment, Looking at empowerment, if someone does ask a question and we educate on the answer, we don't just give the answer, you're then, like I said, empowered to make your own decision, not only now, but any other time in your life when that thing comes up. So to me, that's so important. I don't want, and I'm going to speak about this a little bit more. I've spoken about it before, but I don't want people to think the only time I can succeed with my nutrition and training is when I'm with Ruby or when I get a direct answer from Ruby. And absolutely, I want to provide answers and education and things when people need them at the time, but I don't want people to be dependent on it. And I think this is where it all ties in. If we can give education and understanding and everything about that scenario and the question you're asking, you can then be empowered to make your own choices at any time you want to. And when we look at those other two, directness and simplicity, I think tying all this in, even if we think again about all of the guests I've had on the last few weeks, a lot of them are mums, they're workers, they're busy. I feel like I draw in the girls that are very much like me where they're like, Rubes, don't fucking crap on. Just tell me how to do it. Give me the education. Give me the understanding. Like I want to know why so I can be empowered to do at any time, but make it as direct, make it as simple as possible. And one thing I'm going to side note, here she goes. One thing that's really been drawn to my attention in the last few weeks, even somebody said to me, like, what, what do you see as your unique thing? Like, what do you do differently and do well compared to a lot of other nutrition and training coaches? And I thought about it for a while and I thought it's a no-brainer to me that I think like speaking and educating on nutrition and training is absolutely my jam and my strength. But I think when we look at a lot of the people who speak the same way I do with a lot of directness and facts, I think there's a bit of an element for some of these people where it can be a bit sarcastic and rude and harsh. And that can be perfect. Some people can relate to that. I personally follow some of these pages and I think they're hilarious and I, you know, I, I respect what they do in a business sense. One thing that I just really tapped into when I thought about that was I've mentioned on the podcast recently that I'm very mindful of the human being on the other side of Eat Like Ruby, as in the clients and the customers. If someone is feeling a little bit nervous or lost or defeated or anything with their nutrition, training, body comp, health, mindset all of these things, the reason they're reaching out in the first place. I feel like if we take a smart ass, sarcastic, rude approach, we're making people who feel a little bit shitty, probably feel even worse. And that's absolutely something I don't want to do. And I think for me personally, it's really about finding this fine line of how can we keep things very direct and simple so that people can just take the information and run with it, but in a way that does empower and it doesn't shame. And if I have a look at those last few values, optimism, enjoyment, I could probably call one of them. They're kind of the same thing, (laughs) growth and progression. But even if I look at optimism, the real reason I have that in there is I want people, I'm not going to call one of them actually, I've decided because (laughs) there's a reason for both. Optimism around nutrition and training to me is almost in line with that empowerment piece, where we look at what we're doing and we're excited for it, and where it's a positive thing. We're like, "Oh, I'm going to go into this training program. I'm going to go into this diet. I'm going to go into this phase. Whatever. I'm going to pivot my nutrition and training in any way, and I'm excited for it, and I'm feeling positive about it." I think a lot of people who aren't educated and don't have clarity and structure and all of the things I've been rattling off. Can feel the opposite of that when you go into a new training phase or a new diet or something. It's in that energy of like, Oh, I should do this. I have to do this kind of dragging myself to the gym, you know, air quote, trying to be good with my nutrition. I think my aim and the reason I've got it in the values is when we deliver everything else I've just said, we do it in a way that people are then like feeling super optimistic and like, Fuck, I'm excited to get after my goal. And then if we think about enjoyment obviously again, kind of the same thing, but really to me, enjoyment is just about the day to day. Like you want to be in the gym and just be like, fuck yeah, I love this program. I love this lift. Maybe we don't love every exercise in every program. (laughs) I feel like we've all got something where we're like, fuck this thing again. But overall, like I want my girls in the gym feeling motivated and pumped and excited. And it's like, I just fucking enjoy the hell out of training. I want to get after it again, as opposed to that, you know, I should go to gym. I'm kind of dragging myself there energy. So that is why I've got enjoyment in there. And then growth and progression, I think just no brainers, but obviously if we tie in everything I've just said, I want people to go through all of that and then actually start to really experience growth and progression with mindset, with body comp, with goals, with health, with anything at all. And really what that leads to, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, is feeling like you can take your nutrition and training in any direction you want and you can ramp things up and achieve a certain goal or you can scale things back and chill for a while. I've spoken about this a bit lately, but that is incredibly important to me. I want people to feel like they have all of those things that I just rattled off And then they're in a position where they're like, I can progress in any way that I want. And I know how, because I'm educated how, because it's been given to me directly, because it's simple. I feel empowered. I'm optimistic. It's enjoyable. I'm progressing however I want to with all of those things under my belt. So on that note, I'm actually going to read out the Eat Like Ruby mission. So (laughs) I can't rattle this one off like I can with the values. I'm going to read this straight out and then I'll explain it a little bit more. But it does kind of explain itself because it is direct and simple and clear. (laughs) The Eat Like Ruby mission is that I will always deliver nutrition and training in a way that aligns with these values. The more I can provide education in a factual yet simple way, the more my girls can gain clarity and understanding around nutrition and training and also themselves, their habits, their mindsets, their results, and their goals. From here, we can create the actual structure needed to achieve our goals, whether that be body composition, performance, habit-based, or anything. It is my aim to deliver this in the most direct way, for my sake and yours, to have you feeling empowered and in control of your nutrition, training, progress, and outcomes, and be able to achieve the growth and progression you want at any time. My mission for the Eat Like Ruby company, but also for myself, is that as all my gals understand and implement these values and actions, you step into your power and feel as though you are in control of your nutrition, training, progress, and outcomes. And as a result, love your training and feel pumped, strong, and excited about progressing in the gym, and love your food and see it as fuel that is flexible, creative, and enjoyable as fuck. And honestly, I think that explains itself. And if we think about those values, they all then come in there. And it just ties in with exactly what I want to do. And even when I think about those guests we had on in the recent episodes, they are all living proof of that. And that makes me so happy. In those episodes, I say so many times, this is so cool. If you listen to those episodes I did with Kirsten, Need Up, Kylie, I reckon we could count how many times they say something and then I'm just like, this is so cool. And the reason for that is because everything i just rattled off i see in those girls i'm like you guys have put in the effort you've been through everything that i just explained and now you're in this position where you really do feel great and you can take that in any direction you want and that just makes me so happy and really this does bring me to my next point because what i wanted to speak about i feel like i've dabbled in this a little bit recently g and i dabbled in it last year in some of the episodes we did but really the structure and the point of Eat Like Ruby, the things I want to run in Eat Like Ruby and why. And really what I love and I just feel like I've landed in it so much lately is that real phase structure. Obviously we run the fat loss phase in Eat Like Ruby. I love it. Even when I think about, side note, even when we think about the values mission and everything I just said, as soon as that fat loss phase space opens, I just see that we've put that message across or I've put that message across so well that we call in the best group of girls that want to get after it with those things. And that just makes me so happy. I've said this before and you guys probably like (laughs) think I'm on repeat, but I I cannot stress this enough. When I go into those programs and talk to the girls, read the questions, answer things or whatever, just gives me so much fulfillment. Like I go into those programs and I start seeing, it makes me tear up. Like I'm going to tear up now. And I did this on the episode with Georgia, but (laughs) honestly, when I go in there and I read all the questions and all the things that the girls are doing right now, the girls are getting started in the fat loss phase. So we just see them getting set up and they're optimistic and they're empowered and they're excited and all of those things. And Straight away, they often come in and say, My God, there's so much information. Like, it's so good to read and watch and see. And it just ties in everything that I value and the mission that I want for Eat Like Ruby. I see that come to life when these phases open up. And I'm just like, Fuck yes, let's actually go. And that's why the fat loss phase slogan is Let's Actually Go, because that really is the energy when we run these phases. So, Shout out to the fat loss phase girls, the last round. I love them. And the current round in the stages of everything's opened up and they're getting stuck into it, but their official day one is Jan 29th. So PSA, if you're listening to this episode, as it comes out, there is still time to join the Eat Like Ruby fat loss phase for January, 2024. And it is open. It is on, it is pumping. They are thriving and I love it. But back to my point, That real phase structure of having fat loss phases, having performance phases, muscle gain phases, whatever people want. I've personally navigated my nutrition like that for 10 years. And it was really funny when I started to land in this towards the back end of last year where I was like, I'm just going to run a fat loss phase because I've done a fat loss phase at this time every year. And then coming into winter, I'm like, we want some sort of like performance muscle gain, get out of the deficit phase, because I've done that every winter for 10 years. So it was funny. It's kind of funny that it took me a long time to get there because I'm like, it's eat like Ruby. And this is literally how Ruby's been eating for 10 years. But I love that phase structure of knuckling down on a specific phase if you want to. So if someone has a fat loss goal, going into that space, getting all of the education, clarity, structure, all the things I just said, feeling optimistic and empowered to get after it, getting that growth, getting that progression, all the things with the values. And then looking at winter, I love that sort of performance muscle gaining phase. I haven't fully settled in what that looks like. So watch this phase. (laughs) And then a fat loss phase coming out the other side of that. And really, when I think about my mission for Eat Like Ruby, I want people to be able to step into any one of those phases when they feel the call to do so. You're like, if I do have a fat loss goal, I'd love to be in that phase. Let's go. If I do have a muscle gain goal or jump in there, let's go. But then equally feel like if you do your phase and you're like, no, I'm good. I don't really have a drive to do a fat loss or a muscle gain or whatever's happening next, but I've learned enough and I'm good to just chill on my own that is a win. It's a win-win to me. If somebody's like, Rubes, I want to do every phase like and just rotate through fat loss and muscle gain. It's pretty much what I've done for years. So I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. But equally, if someone comes in, does a phase and then thinks, I want to chill for a while, I've learned enough. I'm, I'm cruising on my own. That's such a win to me. That's awesome. And that really does tie in with that value of empowerment because I think when we're not in that position, we see people that are like, I need to join a challenge or I need this or I need that where when we've learned what we need to learn and we're empowered, we can make a really chill decision of just like, oh, does that appeal to me? I'll jump in. No, it doesn't. I won't. And that's so cool to me to see. And even if we think again about all those clients that have been on the last few weeks, they're all very much in that position and they move in and out of (laughs) so many of those programs. Like I always see their names popping up like, oh, they're back. They go on, they're back again. But it's very much from a optimistic, empowered position, which I just love. And that's even where that fact that I said at the start about a coach versus an educator comes in, because I feel like that coaching energy can be a little bit like, for as long as I want to succeed, I need my coach. Because if we think about that space of always being told what to do next, it's like, okay, well, the second I step away from the coaching space no one's telling me what to do I don't know what to do and that's where like I said there's there's definitely time for coaching I definitely don't want to throw shade on that but that's where I just personally love that educator role a little bit more because I'm like I'm gonna educate you on all these things And then you can make that call yourself. And if you do go off on your own, you've got enough education to navigate that. And then when you step back in, it's because you want to elevate it a little bit more. Maybe I want to learn a little bit more. Maybe I want to grow a little bit more, progress a little bit more, get a little bit more optimistic, whatever it is, but it comes from a bit of a different energy. So just to me personally and running it like Ruby and really like when I settled in all of this, like this has obviously been years in the making. I've had this business and this company for a long time but I have conversations with myself where I'm like are you like an Instagram page are you an influencer and also are you like a flash in the pan are you going to shut down in six months and go and work somewhere else or like is this actually honestly to an extent your life's work and I see this as my life's work I'm like I'm not going anywhere (laughs) and if I'm not going anywhere and I like I said so many of these values in this mission and all of this stuff is for the business, but also just for me and my life. So to me, it's really about that long game and thinking about what do I love and what do I want my life's work to look like? And this is literally it. And then when I step into Eat Like Ruby and I see this being carried out by all the girls, that's why I start tearing up because I honestly just love it. So the last little thing I wanted to speak about today was flexible dieting. (laughs) And I feel like I um I said on Instagram, like I'm going to do a podcast about flexible dieting. So people have probably been listening for half an hour thinking, when is she getting to it? But I don't think there's enough in the flexible dieting combo to make it one episode. But really what I see as flexible dieting and the first thing I want to say here, and a lot of people might be like, what? To me, I don't see flexible dieting and tracking macros as the same thing. And I think so many people do. And even when I watched a few of those questions start to roll in yesterday, when I put that um, question box up, it just kind of clocked with me and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And I, I, I always knew that was the thing. Like most people do just think flexible dieting, tracking macros, same thing. To me, I don't. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that. But if we don't know, if anyone's listening and they don't really know, Tracking macros, first of all, can be great. Again, I'm not throwing any shade, but tracking macros usually means having a calorie target, having a protein target, a carb target, a fat target, hopefully a fiber target, and working towards those exact numbers every day. This can be awesome. Like it can be, and some people can do it really well and still be okay with having some flexibility or moving away from tracking and all of that, which is awesome, Some people can't, and this is why I personally don't love it. It's one of the reasons I personally don't love it. If people are really used to hitting exact numbers, when we look at exact macro targets, people get a carb target of like 217 grams. If you're so used to hitting that, even if it's been rounded to 220, whatever, there can be quite a lot of confusion and a big element of not stress, but just feeling a little bit anxious. Anytime we step away from tracking, because if we go to a restaurant or someone else is cooking or we go on a holiday or anything like that, there can be an element for some people where it's like, I've only ever learned to hit 220 grams of carbohydrates if I'm not weighing the food, if I'm not cooking the food, if I'm not preparing the food, I can't do that. I don't know what to do. And that's what I don't love about the tracking macros thing. And like I said, there are definitely people that work towards exact macro targets and then are fine in those other situations and they've navigated that well. That's awesome. But I've seen a lot of people that are very rigid with the tracking. So then very stressed when it comes to moving away from it. The other thing I don't love about the tracking macros thing, I don't think this is too prominent anymore. This was huge when it came out. When tracking macros came out, like... I mean, it's been obviously around for a long time, but it got really popular in like the 2000s, early 2000s. Even if anyone's sort of a bit of an OG, we used to refer to it as IIFYM, meaning if it fits your macros. And that was huge. Like I feel like around, I don't know, 2012, 2013, that whole like if it fits your macros movement was huge. And what that was, was literally like, you can eat anything if it fits your macros. And people were mind blown and people took it and ran with it because the clean eating movement was huge before that. Like if we think about, I mean, I know it all still is, but in the fitness and nutrition and Instagram world, I feel like we saw the clean eating thing be really intense for a while. And then the IIFYM came in and people were just like, fuck clean eating. You can literally eat anything so long as you hit your macros. And we would see people just doing like, protein pancakes for breakfast, throwing back a few protein shakes, having a burger, having a pizza, that end. And they're like, well, it fits my macros. And the thing I'm going to say here, and I do not advise this whatsoever, but this can lead to body comp progress and achieving a body comp goal because we know that energy balance is a key factor in deciding weight and fat loss and weight gain and anything related to that. And then we know that if we hit daily protein, that's going to work positively towards our body composition goals as well. So if we look at simply just hitting the macros, that can actually work for a body composition goal. But I do not advise this at all. And this is another reason why I don't love to just push, air quote tracking macros, because people can get into that mentality of like, well, so long as I hit my targets, it doesn't matter too much about what I eat. And there's a fair few issues that come up there. And I feel like, most people understand that. (laughs) And if we think about the other sort of popular, I mean, I know there's a million diets out there, but if we think about that other real popular way of eating of just simply eating clean, we've spoken about this a lot before. There's absolutely health benefits to that, but we can see people get a little bit stuck with weight loss and fat loss and body composition goals if they're simply eating clean and not factoring in the amounts, because again, we know that fat loss or muscle gain and all of that will come down to the energy balance. If we're simply just eating clean and we're not considering energy balance, we can miss the mark a little bit there. The reason I'm saying all of this is because to me, the way I see flexible dieting and especially the way I see flexible dieting and eat like Ruby is it's kind of in the middle. So if we look at tracking macros, they're hitting certain numbers. If we look at clean eating, they're focusing on food quality. I think flexible dieting and eat like Ruby, or I know flexible dining in Eat Like Ruby is about looking at certain numbers and looking at food quality as well. And what we do in Eat Like Ruby is we work towards an overall calorie target. So we calculate that calorie target depending on if the goal is muscle gain or fat loss or whatever it is. We know that that has to be hit. Whether we're clean eating, whether we're smashing burgers, pizza or whatever, we know that if there is a goal to change weight and body fat levels, we need to manage the energy balance. And we do that by managing the calorie intake. So that's our number one. We then have a minimum protein requirement in Eat Like Ruby. So the difference there between tracking macros and like tracking and hitting a protein number is we work towards the minimum requirement. And what this means is we calculate the minimum optimal amount of protein that your body needs. Side note, if we look at protein and what studies tell us about protein, to get optimal benefits from protein as in fat loss, muscle gain, I'm not going to talk too much about that today, but the optimal protein range is between 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. There is some studies that show that going even higher than that can be beneficial in some situations for athletes and a few different things, but for someone who's pursuing a body composition goal, a gym goal, et cetera, the sweet spot is between 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. In Eat Like Ruby, we calculate 1.7 times body weight. And the reason I do that is because I just pull up a tiny bit from that minimum requirement. Because if 1.6 is the minimum, say if we went 1.6 times body weight and that left you with the number 90. So it's like your minimum protein requirement for the day is 90 grams. I like to just make it 1.7 times body weight because that would probably give you like 95. And then we just know that we've come up over that minimum because if it's 90 and then we start to dabble a little bit under it, we're moving away from that minimum that we need and the optimal amount that we need. In Eat Like Ruby, we calculate the total calories needed for the goal, whether it's fat loss, maintenance, muscle gain. We then calculate the minimum protein that we need. We do the same for dietary fat. So for dietary fat, we know that we want about 0.5, grams per kilo of body weight. Again, I calculate 0.6 times body weight just to make sure we definitely get there and we're up and over it a little bit. And then we want a sufficient fiber intake as well. So we usually aim for about eight grams of fiber per 500 calories. And the calculation we do for fiber is around eight grams per 500 calories. So if your total calorie intake that you're aiming for is 2000, there's... Four times 500 in 2000. So we go four times eight, 32. And that's a little bit of a range. Um, We explain all of this in Eat Like Ruby, like why we have the minimums, what we want to look at, what ranges we can go to, what the range for fiber is, what the range for calories is, all of that. But that's what I look at as flexible dieting compared to tracking macros. Again, if we think of tracking macros as hitting exact numbers it's quite strict, it's quite rigid. If we look at working towards an overall calorie target and then making sure we hit the minimum protein and minimum dietary fat, to me, that's essentially making sure I get enough protein and dietary fat and then working within our fiber range, again, making sure I get enough fiber. If we tick off all these things, if you're someone who's piecing this together or you're doing this in MyFitnessPal right now, if you have your overall calorie goal over here, then you factor in your minimum protein, minimum dietary fat, you're going to have a big chunk of empty calories because our fat, protein, and carbs make up our calories. So if we're only hitting the minimum and we don't have a carbohydrate target at all, we have this big chunk of empty calories and people can be like, wait, what? What do I do there? You can make up those calories with anything you like. You can fill them with carbs. You can get every one of your remaining calories from carbohydrates so long as you've hit that minimum protein and minimum dietary fat. On the flip side, if you're someone who just naturally eats a lot of protein or naturally eats a lot of fat, you can fill some of those remaining calories with more protein or more fat because those targets that you're working towards are just a minimum. If you've ticked those off, let's say your minimum protein requirement was 100 grams. So long as you've ticked off 100 grams, if you then keep consuming more protein or you plan your day and it takes your protein up to like 125, that's totally fine. You've hit the minimum that we need. And even if we bring it back to that optimal protein range being between 1.6 and 2.2, I would say a person eating 25 grams more than their minimum requirement is falling perfectly within that range. And that is the point. And if we think about that term range and eating enough, to me, that's where the flexible element comes in as opposed to tracking macros not actually being that flexible. Yes, the foods can be flexible, but it's quite strict. It's very rigid in my opinion. And I think that's why I personally love to implement this flexible approach. And even if we think about what I said before, where If you're so used to hitting those exact numbers with tracking macros, anytime we're going out for dinner or someone else is cooking or anything like that, even if we think about going through the festive season like we all just did, very few people are hitting exact macro targets at the Christmas table or on a holiday or whatever. To me, I don't advise anyone to be tracking their food or weighing their food at the Christmas table, but I like to, again, educate and give clarity and give structure and all those things to my girls. To simply say, have I had enough protein today? Have I had enough dietary fat today? Would I have eaten sufficient fiber today? And then obviously depending on the goal, if the goal is fat loss or muscle gain or whatever, we've then got that overall calorie target. And depending on the phase and the intensity and where you're at with your goal and where you're at with everything, you can then be like, am I coming in close to that calorie target? Or am I not? Maybe I'm in a bit more of a chill phase and I'm not too bothered about that. But I've still got a lot of education and understanding to make sure I'm eating enough protein every day, to make sure I'm eating enough dietary fat every day. Eating enough protein is a game changer when it comes to body composition. And I'm actually going to talk about that a bit more in the coming weeks. But it is a game changer for body comp, but it's also essential for health. And eating enough dietary fat is essential for health as well and fiber. So, And that's exactly why I have those things in there because the overall calorie target is the number one thing we need in place for body composition change or to maintain if that's the goal. And then we want to factor in those other things to work towards optimal health. So anytime we're not actually sitting there tracking our food, we don't have to be because we haven't taught ourselves to work towards exact numbers. We've taught ourselves to think in the sense of what is my overall intake look like today? And have I eaten enough of the things that I need to be eating to support optimal health? And then depending on whether there's a strict body comp goal in place, do I fine tune that and actually track it and make sure I'm really on point with that overall intake to make sure I'm progressing towards that goal? And the last little thing I'll say on that is if you've been in Eat Like Ruby, you'll know that we also factor in the food groups and a few daily habits that we want to look at and those are veggies, fruit, calcium, whole grains. And when we look at the example meal plans you eat like Ruby, I feel like I might have said this on the podcast a long time ago. We actually have a little key on the side like an emoji key. So if a meal has protein in it, it's got like the little muscle arm next to the meal. If it's got a serve of fruit in it, it's got the little apple emoji next to that meal. If it's a good hit of dietary fat, it's got the avocado. So it's all explained in the meal plans, but This is really what flexible dieting is to me is we're ticking off the numbers that we need to be ticking. like We're meeting the requirements of those, but then we're also looking at food quality and looking at each meal and thinking like, oh, is there some whole grains in this? Is there some fruit in this? Is there some veggies in this? We know we want to include those things in our day for overall health reasons, but also to support like energy, hunger, all of that. If we think about a person tracking macros and just simply hitting numbers through like Pancakes, pizza, burgers. You're going to feel quite shitty, your digestion's probably going to be quite shitty. you're probably not going to train that well. Energy's probably quite shit. Like it's not a great approach, It's not even a good approach to health at all. So that's where I love to just pull what we need to pull from tracking macros, like those minimum requirements and those things that we need to be hitting to progress to the body comp goal, but then look at the food quality factored in there. And then to me, the flexible element with food, I feel like we've touched on this in different ways on the podcast before. And if you're in Eat like Ruby, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But when we write meal plans, we write things like, homemade pizzas, but we'll be like, oh, could we do it on a whole meal base? And when we look at cheese, like that gives us a good hit of calcium. Can we get some veggies on the pizza? Can we get some chicken on the pizza? Now we've got veggies, we've got whole grains, we've got calcium, we've got protein in this meal, but then what else can we add to make it tasty as fuck? How can we put like an awesome sauce on there? How can we put good, good flavorings on there? Same thing. Even if we all think about the eat like Ruby bowl, we know I eat it every single day it's yogurt, it's cereal, it's fruit, it's Nutella. The yogurt straight up, protein, calcium, whole grains and fiber from the cereal, good serve of fruit and fiber from the fruit. And then I add the Nutella because it makes it fucking tasty as. (laughs) So to me, that is flexible dieting because I can look at that meal and say, yes, it's meeting numbers requirements for my goal. It's also meeting food quality requirements for my health. And I've been able to tweak it and make it flexible enough that I look forward to eating it every day. And I love eating it every day. And so many of my meals are like that lately. I've been doing like whole meal burritos. So I've been making just standard like taco burritos, like soft tacos, but just making them with like a whole grain wrap. And then you look at that and it's like, okay, whole grains, fiber, protein. I put in some veggies. Again, I put in the cheese. You're ticking off so many boxes, but it's like, who doesn't want tacos for tea? like it's fucking awesome. So to me, that is flexible dieting. And that is what I love to teach in Eat Like Ruby. And I think the real reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I think a lot of people do associate tracking macros and flexible dieting as the same thing. And you might've found a sweet spot where you navigate those two things really well together and that's perfect for you. For me, it's about being actually a little bit more flexible. So then again, like I said before, I think I I probably moved away from it because I'm saying so much stuff, but when we do go out for tea or on a holiday or whatever, we're not actually trained to just hit exact numbers. We're more trained to think, oh, can I get enough protein today? Can I get a serve of fruit in this meal? What does my overall intake look like for today? And to me, that is significantly easier to do when we've had a truly flexible diet, as opposed to just learned how to track macros. And in Eat Like Ruby, it's like in the fatless phase and all those things, we have a specific call called Enjoying Meals Out. We talk about moving away from tracking and all of those things. But I think this is a real key factor in us allowing to do all that in the first place, because it's very hard to navigate those things when all you really know is how to hit exact numbers. So I hope that's been a good insight into what flexible dieting and Eat Like Ruby looks like. The real reason I wanted to do this episode, I just thought what a great way to kick off the new year and explain so many things that we do behind the scenes in Eat Like Ruby for people who maybe just listen and maybe didn't know some of that stuff. Maybe for people who are thinking about joining Eat Like Ruby and they're like, what does she actually do? Or for the girls that are in there, I think this can still be an insightful episode to be like, oh, that's why we do that. Or that's why she does that instead of that. I think these girls, I watch them grow and progress and continue to learn. And it's awesome. But I think you can then still see other people on the internet or your friends at work or anything and be like, oh, but why do they do that if I do this? And I think it's just cool to continue to explain all of these things so everyone can really Understand and we can provide the education and the clarity and the structure and all of the things that I value. So I hope everybody gained something from this episode. Like I said, I'm gonna be back in the next few weeks talking about my own nutrition, talking about shack prepping for the try. We've got so many more cool episodes to come. We are literally just getting started for 2024. So make sure you are subscribed to the Eat Like Ruby podcast. Make sure you've given us a rating, guys. It means honestly so much like I put a lot of work into the podcast and I absolutely love it but I love getting the feedback so the ratings are so beneficial on Spotify and Apple and or wherever you listen but also like let me know that you love it let me know what you love what you want to hear more of because we have plenty more to come for 2024 thanks guys